Everybody, what's going on? It's your boy, Michael Franz, coming with you with some fundamental news, a lot of stuff going on. Shout out ITU and uh, this platform for allowing me to be on here. Thank you, Zay, appreciate you. And uh, I hope you guys find value within what we're about to talk about. I know there's a lot of questions going on, uh, a lot of worry probably stirring up in the markets, a lot of uh, uncertainty, a lot of things kind of on the fence. Um, the big thing that we've had recently, um, we've been talking about interest rates over the past year. We've been talking about crypto crashes over the past year. We've talked about when the stocks are going to start coming down. We've talked about what's going on with a possible war. A lot of details kind of go in, but they're all conjoined in the set of breaking and re and I guess putting together the economy again, right? So COVID really set us back especially with the money that's been sent out and the money that was given out to help support the situation. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people don't necessarily remember when uh, the stock market was injected with $1.5 trillion, right? And that was an illegal move. Well, I'm not gonna say illegal. It was an illegitimate move, right? It wasn't based on volume being bought or anything. It was money that was injected into the market to keep it alive before it died due to COVID. We're paying for that today. It's not just that, but we're paying for a lot of things today. We're paying for the reset of the job market. The job market had to be reset. Um, the, you know, everybody wanted to open up their own business because they can't necessarily survive off of a nine to five pay. As we've seen within Forex Factory over the past few weeks, uh, the hour, the average hourly wage has gone up recently, but it's still not enough to compete with what's going on with inflation. So if I'm not mistaken, and uh, I'll get this information so we can get it plugged in here. Um, I saw this, this post and it was talking about, I was on Facebook and it was talking about how hard it is to live in America um, in a, as a single individual, let alone a single parent with one plus kids. And as you get more kids, of course, um, it becomes a little more difficult. Uh, these numbers are astronomical. Um, it actually comes out to the point to where to survive in America comfortably, you have to be making at least $52 an hour, right? So think about that right now. Ask any of your family members, ask any of your friends. They go to nine to five, they go to their job. How much do they make? Eh, 20, 21, $22 an hour, which is damn near a norm now, right? That means we're extremely under what it is to survive in America. Um, we're paying for a lot of things. We're paying for, uh, you know, past situations and we're seeing the unfolding of a lot of resets. We're seeing now banks being reset. Um, if, you, if you guys kind of look at over the past year, this is where kind of the, the gist of what we're going to get into here is, is happening because we're going to continue to see Dom's fall. Right. I want people to think about what's been going on over the past three years now. It was March of 2020 when COVID really took place. Even though it started back in October of 19, March, March of 2020 is kind of like that target date that everybody goes by. So over the past three years, and it's been three years exactly, we've seen some crazy shit happen. And now we're seeing the banks, we're starting to see banks reset. A lot of bubbles are being talked about, financial resets, bubbles bursting, market bursting, uh, housing, right? Everything under the sun. Meanwhile, we can also see within the news 
assemblies happening with different countries for a possible war. Don't let these things go unnoticed. Keep your eyes open to it. I wouldn't say necessarily believe every single word that comes out of the news. Just take it for what it's worth and just think about what you would do with these positions if you had the ability to have that power. Because if you would do it, then guess what? They're probably already planning to do it. Meaning, if we need to have a financial reset, uh, kind of like, let's say, the Great Depression. And I say that specifically because his history repeats itself. We know history repeats itself. When you look at the markets, history repeats itself. Highs and lows always get tested. What goes up must come down and what goes must come back up. So we haven't had a depression time for almost 100 years. And that was a, a reset option that was done. And the war, World War II is what got us out of it because we profit off the war. Everybody knows that. That's the saving grace. And think about the pandemic, or should I say pandemic, because that involved every country in the world. That's why a great reset has been mentioned in many platforms and many economists' eyes that could really be coming. Um, we're looking at changes. We're looking at a central banking system change. The central bank is actually disappearing and it's going into a crypto phase, right? Hence the reason why XRP, which is the most important current cryptocurrency in the new system, um, which that's been brought up over the past year, year and a half or so. It's called ISO 20022, right? Central banking systems are changing. XRP is involved. Now ask yourself why the SEC is still not allowing the lawsuit to be let go for XRP because there's a plan on the back end, right? If you can see a threat happening to any of to, to any anybody within your own backyard and you feel you have to protect that, you're gonna want to go to war. And guess what? That's kind of what's happening now. We see Taiwan bickering with China, we see China working with Russia, we see us helping out the Ukraine. Ukraine, ironically enough, has nothing to do with the United States, okay? Let's keep that in mind. It's not a NATO country. The other surrounding countries to it are, but, but Ukraine isn't. We're seeing a lot of these things happening, left and right. Countries kind of, like I said, assembling, because what's on the forefront here right now is a financial crisis. When we're talking about a recession into a depression and then ultimately what is you know a, a prosperous phase through every cycle. When they say we're not in a recession, then at that point when the word is being thrown around at all, believe that we are. Now, ask yourself how many times did you ever hear the, the worry or the word recession be thrown around over the past 12 to 13, 14 months? I heard it all over the place. But it was always given in the sense of we're not gonna face one we're not there because the job market is strong. Okay. It's still being talked about. We didn't bring it up. Y'all did, you know, as far as the higher levels go. When the higher levels bring it out, that's when you start thinking. So when they say that we're not, believe that we're facing or in one. So now in 2023, we're facing the, the phrase, the recession is coming and it's going to be a hard landing. Powell has said that multiple times. In fact, his last monetary statement, um, his testimony based on the monetary policy that's currently out, he said we're going to have to, in 2023, go very aggressive 
in the interest rates. Why? Because inflation is still out of control. So if that's the case, like what do we do now? Rates can only go so high before you break the housing market or the, the pockets of people with credit cards that have uh, adjustable rates, right? You're going to hurt a lot of people financially in this, in this process, which is the hard landing. And there's really no, no choice but to take these drastic steps because instead of being aggressive at the beginning, we, we've taken the short steps to, to just try, right? Let's see if this works. Let's see if this works. Well, guess what? Let's see if this works. Doesn't work for me. Make it work and do what you got to do because the quicker you pull the Band-Aid off, the sooner you can heal, right? Think about that. If if we were going three quarters of a basis point on interest rates a year ago, twice, maybe no, it was three times, then we just immediately tail off to a quarter of a basis point, even though inflation was stagnant. It didn't decrease, it just went stagnant. That says that the quarter of a basis point was there to maintain. Well, guess what? After the holiday season, now we've seen inflation go right back up. And um a year over year right a year over year we've seen it from march to february march of 2022 to, to february 2023 we've seen it as of today it was at six percent well guess what as time goes on you got to think we had a 50 basis point increase in january of last year we had 75 75 75 25 25 over the next few increases so now when you're talking year over year, when you're going from March of last year to February, well, you lost a quarter of a basis point in that average. Of course, it's going to go down. So I figured, and it, you know, Zay and I had this conversation when we were kind of planning out for what was going today. We figured it was going to go down, but I didn't think it was going to go down as far. Um, but it didn't go down further than what the forecast was in that drop. And the interest rate is very important. If it went under, you would have seen the U.S. dollar drop because at that point, there's more supply. It stayed the same. So guess what? It, was, it came down, but then it was a little bit slightly bullish afterwards because intra, or the, uh, the inflation rates, the CPI rates are still high. What we did see is the month-over-month -month, um, core CPI, which measures food and it measures gas, your energies. And that went up. Inflation is overall getting worse. Interest rates can only go so what do you do? You talk about unemployment. You have to let people go. The harder people work and the more that they're making money, the more people are going to spend. So then at that point, it doesn't serve any justice for inflation to come down. You have to now start laying people off, off of work. So what we've seen now, interest rates not working. They're going to have to go even more aggressive this year. Those are going to go up. We're going to see unemployment go up. And we're going to start seeing the U.S. dollar start skyrocketing based upon supply and demand. We have a very high demand and low supply. The value when you look at the DXY, the value of the dollar is only based on a positive bullish move outside of the U.S. It's the strongest currency right now that's circulating the planet. So... In that case, we're, yeah, we have a strong currency, but not in the confines of our borders. That's where it hurts us. A perfect scenario is a strong dollar in the U.S. and a strong dollar uh, outside of the U.S. completely. 
And there's ways to do that. But nobody wants to take the blood on their hands, right? Nobody wants, and then what I mean by that is the, any president, have we ever seen a president increase the debt ceiling or uh, decrease the debt ceiling or stop it from increasing? No, they've always increased it. Why? Nobody wants that blood on their hands. Because if you don't increase that debt ceiling, certain banks and certain businesses are going to default. And then at that point, you've got stock crashes. It almost happened. Go back to what happened with uh, China Evergrande back in January of 2022. They defaulted on their payments based upon U.S. loans. And guess what? Boom. Our stock crashed. The U.S. 30, the Dow Jones crashed. It was like 900 points in the day. So keep that in mind. A lot of this is based on how can they keep things afloat? But also, how can they keep things in the sense of the banking industry as strong as they have been in the past, especially with mortgage rates going up, especially with credit card rates going up. Banks make money off of interest. We know that. So what happens when interest rates go up? I'm gonna, as a consumer, consider not to go get a home loan, not to get a refinance, not to get a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, not to get a credit card. Why? Because I know I'm gonna get a bad rate in return. So over the past 13 months, 14 months, we've seen banks completely drop out in the sense of their earnings calls going down. They're losing money. Ah, so insert SVB. Okay. Monologue done. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of kind of what's going on because we're going to continue to see this. SVB was considered as a lending bank and they were specializing in startup companies, investing in startup companies. There's a YouTube link that we're going to drop here that I would please. It's two hours long. It's like two hours and 15 minutes long. You can get a lot of good information just from the beginning, but take your time and watch it and start trying to understand what's going on because the information is very valuable. So what SVB is doing here when we're talking about the portion of investing in the startup companies, right? What they were doing is they were causing a argument or a competition between smaller banks, right? And SVB being a, one of these, these lenders, right? Their banks that were affiliated with them are all going down. Anything that has to deal with SVB is going down. And if I'm not mistaken, Signature Bank was one of the affiliates. Signature Bank just went down, right? Everybody's de defaulting. Why? Because what they were doing is when they were causing this competition, for small business startups, they were overvaluing them, right? And they were causing the competition because it was a low, low rate with a high loan and a percentage based on the businesses that was gonna become ownership. For example, if I have my own business, in fact, let's just take my own business because I, I'm gonna be completely honest with this. It's only been open two, two months. It's a food truck, it's a Puerto Rican food truck. There's a lot of opportunity, but there's not much demand because people aren't familiar with Puerto Rican food out here. So immediately as the banker, if I'm putting my banking, my, my banker shoes on, I'm gonna look at that and say, yeah, you have a, great, a lot of great opportunity. But before I give you a $100,000 loan, I'm gonna to have to consider you bringing in paperwork that can say you can bring that $100,000 to me. So I might get a smaller loan for a percentage back in, uh, in return. They might say, well, I'll give you $50,000 for 10% of the company, right? 
And right now it's only been open for, like I said, two, two and a half months. And I've brought in about $25,000 in sales. Is it worth a million dollars though? Not yet. Key word was yet, but no, not yet. But this is what SVB was doing. They were taking small businesses and saying, look, we're going to value at a million dollars. We're going to give you a hundred percent or a hundred K for 10% ownership of your, of your business. I take that offer and go get some competition with it. Right? So they'd go to another small bank and another small bank. That bank would say, I'm going to give you a low rate, but I'm going to give you 200,000 because I'm going to value you at $2 million. Third one, I'm going to value you at $3 million. Meanwhile, this business as a startup hasn't even done anything. It's, it, it doesn't have the sales that are required for this type of a position. And why is it not having the sales? Well, you got to have the customers and consumers to be able to spend the money. And what can't people do right now? They can't spend money. People are doing it still. But if you look at the darks, what's going on, credit card sale, credit card usage is through the roof. People are so overextended in debt, it's not even funny. People were taking out loans just to go Christmas shopping because we have this infatuation with spending money. A lot of households are at least $700 behind on their utility bills. Why? Because it's hard to survive in America. So if that's the case, I have to look at something. That's why I did a food truck because everybody still needs to eat, right? My prices aren't extravagant. My prices are affordable. But I did that because A, COVID showed us that a brick and mortar restaurant can close down with ease. But a food truck is literally pick up and go. It's, it's, COVID, it's COVID deflective. Let's just say that. That's how I'm going to use that. It's COVID deflective. I'll wear a mask if it ever comes back, which we'll get to here in a second. But there's ways, as far as we've seen with food trucks, they blew up in the COVID timeframe because people still needed to get out. They used the food trucks as the escape. People will still need, like I said, they'll still need to eat, still need to enjoy life a little bit. So come spend 30 bucks, grab two, three meals from me. And hey, enjoy your time, enjoy some good food, right? But what happens when you have somebody who's performing a service that's not needed or providing a product that's not necessarily needed? Those sales are gonna decrease because people have less money in their, in their pockets to spend. Hence the reason why I say the dollar in the United States is not worth as much as what we think it is. Why it's weak within our own confines of our borders. Because we don't have enough in there to have free money, enough in, our, enough in our wallet to have free money to spend freely like we want. So by seeing SVB go down, yes, this is a bad situation, but they also had bad investments. Now consider what I was just talking about. These small business owners now that were getting these loans and now everything is completely gone. By the way, when FDIC insures a bank, and uh, we'll drop this, somebody said this on Twitter, we'll, we'll drop this, uh, this image. But when you have large amounts of, of capital that are being deposited, you're not gonna have, you're not gonna have a lot of insurance on that. The FDIC only insures now up to 250K. 
when I was doing banking back in 2001, uh, I used to work for Wells Fargo and then I had worked for Chase for about 10 years. FDIC was only 100K. But guess what? Now we've had a lot of influx of, of money coming in based on crypto, based on the stock investments, et cetera, et cetera. So FDIC had to apparently lift their limits, raise the limits, and now we're at 250K. But consider this, all this money that had been loaned out to these small businesses based on startups, only 2.7% of those deposits were less than 250K. What does that mean? That means 97.3% of all the deposits that were put into SVB, gone. Completely gone. It's not insured. So if I'm sitting there with 750,000 in the bank, I lose out on five and they're gonna say, well, here's your check for 250K. Well, wait a minute. But it's not my fault that this went down. Actually, if you were real about your business everybody wants money and the more money the easier it is to work your business but you got to think of the overextension this is an exact blueprint of a certain situation that happened 15 years ago now keep in mind these small business owners that have lost this money their businesses aren't bringing in sales as they probably should be what are these people their families they're homeowners, they're vehicle owners, right? So they lose their business. Guess what? It's hard enough to survive in these streets, even with a business. So guess what they lose? They lose their car, they lose their house. Now you've got more people in a, in a bad financial situation because these small banks were pawns in this chess game for the big guys. Because the blueprint that we're looking at here with this of what's happening, I'll tell you guys, 15 years ago, 2008, the only difference is the victims were homeowners, right? This time it's business owners, which is ironic because a lot of people took startup money that they had from COVID and opened up a business because when there's this money, this much money, being given out PPP loans, SBA loans, unemployment, stimulus, etc. When all this money is being given out, it's going to be paid back. And they're not going to come to anybody. Like they're not going to come to me. Let's put myself an example as well. I was working, actually, I was doing my nine to five at the COVID. I was working for a financial institution. Um, and I was working from home. I was making good money, et cetera, and I was paying my bills on time. Took no loans, took no extra money. I didn't even want the three stimulus checks that they sent me, but I took them because they immediately deposited, they, they deposited it without my question. So I didn't want that stuff because I knew that at some point they're gonna come back and say, well, here's this big number. How do we pay it off? We hit each and every person, however they need to be hit. So I'm helping pay back right now. I didn't even take any of those loans and I'm helping pay that back because I'm paying it and all these extra costs for everything going up. So to those that took a PPP loan and they did something completely wrong with it, I'll tell you for, for those, on behalf of all those people that didn't need to borrow money 
or that didn't need to scam the system, you're welcome because we're paying that back right now. So thank you, right? These student loans that they're being forgiven. I didn't go to college because I didn't want to turn around and have to pay back a loan. Well, guess what? I just got a loan dumped on me when this actually goes through because guess what's going to happen? The money that's going to be pay those off are going to be hitting every everybody, every person within this country. So for your education that you may not even be using your degree for, you're welcome. And I don't say that in the sense of, you know, I don't say that in the sense of hostility. I just want people to understand that nothing in this country is free. Nothing. Somebody is going to pay for it. Whether it's you or whether it's somebody else that may not be able to even afford it more than you. And they have to pay it back because they're hardworking. People are working 60 hours a week now to keep their bills up. But yeah, some of these debts aren't even theirs. Yeah, a lot of people are in debt. We talked about that. But at the same time, some of these things that are going in place are there to cause a bigger problem. You're going to have some people that love this because they're going to be relieved of some debts. You have some people that are going to hate it because it's like, why me? I didn't do anything. I had nothing to do with it. But that's what happens within a, when you look at the, the views on the, on, from a democratic view, from a financial perspective, I want people to understand this because this is where a lot of divide comes as well. Everybody's debt is everybody's debt. And what I mean by that is I could be X amount of dollars in debt. I, somebody else could be X amount of dollars in debt. From a democratic view, everybody is equal. Okay, everybody is equal and it doesn't matter. We should all help each other. But is that fair? No, it's not. It's not. But I can't sit here and say that I would be a Republican because there's a lot of views from a Republican standpoint that I don't agree with anyway. The irony is the fact that it's you have a win and a loss on either side. You just have to choose which one you prefer, right? I, I, I personally look at this and I say, I would love to help people, but I need to be able to help myself to help people. I need to be able to take care of mine so we can help people, right? If you just take it from me, you're just going to put me in a position that is going to make me not want to do that because I can't take care of myself at that point. I can't feed from an empty plate. I can't, I can't have somebody drink from an empty cup. So there needs to be levels to the situation. And where we're going financially now, now that we're seeing banks collapse, we're, we're going to see an influx. And there's an article that came out, I want to say it was on CNBC um, or something like that. Um, we, have the, uh, we have the image for it. But a lot of these small banks are having a lot of money being withdrawn from them now. And everybody's going back to the mega non-fail banks, Chase, Wells, B of A, City, right? Stuff like that, because those guys are not going to lose. Now, fast or rewind a little bit. 
And I mentioned, look at the banks and their earnings calls from the past 12 to 13, 14 months. They've all been down because of mortgage rates, interest rates. Well, guess what? Now, with the money that's going to be deposited back into these guys, guess who's going to have good earnings calls probably throughout the remaining of the year? Chase, Wells Fargo, B of A, and Citi. Probably going to see good returns on those guys because they're gaining more business due to the situation. So it's all emotional ties. You always got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, know when to get out of the market, know when to move whatever you need to move, right? Meaning, if you see crypto going up, take what you can, and this is a trading rule, take what you can and get out. Be comfortable with the rate of return that what you've received, because as long as you're compounding, you will always be ahead. Don't sit there and wait for a perfect moment. Now, there are certain things where you can wait for a perfect moment. Housing is one of them. A lot of people are going to be waiting for housing to actually, we're waiting for crashes. I'm waiting. I'm renting. But see, that's the thing. I can see this within the markets. When the markets crash and the housing follows right with it and everything else does, then guess what? Houses are going to be at a steal of a deal, just like 2008. But this is going to be because of the fact that there's going to be an influx of supply coming full circle. Think about it. These business owners that lose their businesses because these banks that possibly collapse or they default on their loans. Or now these businesses consider this. Now these businesses have to go to Chase. They have to go to B of A. And they say, we're going to give you less money, but we're also going to give you a high interest rate because Powell continues to raise them. Well, I don't want that. You mean you're only going to give me a little bit of money and I have to pay a whole bunch back? I, I'm not going to do that. Well, when I go and look at my books and I say, damn, this is a bad position and I need to expand and need to buy this equipment for whatever it is. I need to buy this. I need to do maintenance. I need to do this. I need to do that. You're back into a corner where you have to take that bad loan. And these guys, these big guys are going to profit off of that. Okay, so when we sit here and think about, well, what do we do with our money? Look, I'll be the first one. I have all my money stashed into two banks, Chase and Navy Federal Credit Union. Okay, two big banks, actually. So am I hypocrite for saying don't, you know, for saying big banks are going to profit off of all this? No, I'm just in that position that I'm like, damn, I don't really have anywhere else to go because these small guys have the ability of losing out on all their value overnight. Or I can sit there and know that my money is going to be safe, but it's not going to do me any good. It's just being held, right? So I'm cool with that because I'm out here making my money how I need to. I'd rather take that it's the lesser of two evils. Again, lesser of two evils. So consider, consider that, right? And then consider also, as you start seeing the news, consider the names that are involved. What, is, what, what are some of the, the names that this country is built off of? Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan, right? Well, one of those banks has JP Morgan involved with it. Do you think it's gonna go anywhere? No. Hence the reason why I bank with Chase. It's going nowhere. 
I don't care about the return because I'll, what I can control is when I borrow money. What I can control is when I do this, when I do that. And all I have to do is look at these charts to find out when it's going to happen. Now, I can't tell you it's going to go in six to eight to 10 months, but I can tell you when certain things hit certain prices. We don't use a watch or a clock in trading. We use price. We use price. And there's going to be a, a big shift into certain things from um, digital to the possibility of going back to, let's say, uh, the gold standard, physical, right? Going from Bitcoin to gold after we just went from gold to Bitcoin, right? But what else goes with that silver, platinum, precious metals, right? Precious metals are going to be important. Now, when we look at the patterns, we look at bullish patterns on both major precious metals. I'm going to drop some information here for you guys that I want you guys to watch over the next year and do some research on this. Fact check me if you need to. Back in October of 19, gold pushed up to over $2,000. And it made a bullish pattern. Right now, it's making on a high time frame, it's making a teacup handle, which all a teacup handle is a bullish flag. We know that it has to be a continuation. So I've said for years now, gold's going to go to $3,000. If gold goes up, guess what else goes up? Silver. But first, that they need to come down, which is why we're seeing that transition back from digital. But the safe haven is always going to be a precious metal. So when people are not going to be, in the position to buy crypto anymore. I'm not going to say anymore in the sense that it's not going to be available, but when it doesn't have its value yet because regulations are stepping in, I'm not saying crypto is not going to be valuable. It will be. There's going to be seven or eight of them that are going to be major import, majorly important. Go research the ISO system, but also because a lot of we're in the digital age period going back for a long period of time into a precious metal is going to be taking steps back and we don't want to do that but they need to perfect it first but so metals will be important until we start seeing regulations with crypto right now we saw crypto over the past couple of years it was all based on emotion Everybody buying uh, NFTs, everybody buying this, everybody buying that. They get huge returns on this, huge returns on that. And yet now these, these crypto companies can't even pay them out because they don't have any money either. Let's look at FTX, the collapse of FTX. That was huge. It's only a matter of time before some of these other guys start, start collapsing. Because when you don't have the volume coming in and you have a worthless product, until regulations come in, you're taking a big gamble. Compare that to AMC and, and GameStop, all based on emotion. Wall Street Bets was fueling the fire for everybody to do this. And a lot of people lost money. A lot of people made some money, but a lot of people lost money because they got in too late because they got in off of what somebody told them. It's not an intelligent investment. Look at intelligent investments that are out there, right? And this is where I come with these banks, right? When these, you got to know who to go with in the sense of you have to accept sometimes 
a, a, a bad position because it's intelligent for stability. When you have a low rate and you have an overvalued dollar amount, that's a recipe for disaster. Because guess what happened in 2008? Those were homeowners that were victims, right? And how were they victims? If, if you guys don't understand what happened in 2008, banks were refinancing, doing HELOCs, uh, doing whatever they could with low rates, but they were valuing the homes at 125% the value. Thus, let's say if you had a cash out refinance, I'm gonna break this down in easy numbers for you. I have a house, it's $100,000, right? I own it and I've owned it for five years and I owe 50,000 on it now, right? So I go and refinance for a lower rate and because I paid $50,000 off, that's equity that I have to me. I should take that 50,000 and that's how people remodel their homes or go buy a second home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So think about in that, in that scenario, what would you do with $50,000? You could do a lot, but you could do more with 75. You could put another down payment on another house for 25,000 at that point, right? Where do I get this other 25? Well, when these banks were doing the loans for 125% the value, I own a $100,000 house. I owe 50 because I paid 50 off. Well, guess what? When I refinance, they're refinancing me for $125,000 at that point, even though my home is only worth 100K. So they were overvaluing homes. If people don't see that this is a blueprint, just with a different face, which now it's businesses. I don't understand how people can't necessarily see the 2008 is gonna happen again because first it was the homeowners, now it's business owners. And as I said before, again, coming full circle, these business owners are homeowners. So when they can't pay their mortgages or let's take what actually happened back in 2020 and 2021, people were doing refinances like you wouldn't believe. Why? Because the median price for every house was going up. Now I sold my house and I could have done a refinance and I could have kept it. And I could have got, uh, shit, I sold it and I made $220,000 off of it. Now I'm dropping real numbers with you guys. That's how transparent I am. I made 220,000 profit off of my house. Now I could have, I could have did that and refinanced it and kept it. But the rule that they put in with those type of situations to prevent a, re, a reoccurrence of 2008 was instead of looking at my value at 125%, they can only look at it at 75%, right? So I would have been at about $100,000 less than what I would have had to sell it. That protects the banks. It was a great rule to put in place, although it hurts the homeowners. So. What do you think should actually happen with these businesses now? These businesses should be able to get an actual valuation. This is my idea because I wouldn't be surprised if this is what they do to cure this problem. But what has to happen before they cure the problem? Well, the trickle effect has already started. Banks collapsing, people losing jobs. That's next because, because inflation still goes up. 
So the less people that you have spending in this economy, meaning people that lose their jobs, guess what? Now people lose their jobs, regardless if they own the business, if they lose their nine to five job, they can't pay any bill. So now you have a market that is completely screwed, right? Completely screwed. So what's the, res what's the resolution for these valuations of these businesses? Okay, if a business comes in and a regulated reviewer says that business is worth a million dollars, legitimately, then the bank should look at it at 75% of that. Meaning, okay, your valuation is a million, but we're gonna look at it as if it's only 750,000. Meaning now, even though you could technically qualify for $100,000 at 10% back, I'm only going to give you 75,000 for 10% of your business. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to be blown away because like I said, you'd use the same resolution to cure what happened before with the homes. You use that for the business because it's the exact same situation. It's an overvaluation of a business instead of a home this time. Like, I don't know how clear that can't be. Like it, it blows my mind if people don't see this. So look at what these banks are doing and now ask yourself, okay, if I go into Chase, and they only want to loan me $50,000, maybe that amount isn't bad. I can't get that maximum amount, but at least I know that I'm going to be safe with these guys for the time being. But the only one downside and one con of that, that situation is the interest rate. You're going to pay higher interest rates. So consider that. If you can put it off as long as you can before you get a business loan, I would suggest to because at some point, as unemployment starts getting higher and higher and higher, if you still own your business, you're going to be able to turn around and get a business loan at a lot lower of a rate when interest rates crash. Just like the stocks can crash, just like crypto can crash, just like it can crash, interest rates can crash. Okay. Now, the Fed threw back out at the last increase meeting. Powell says, hey, we want interest at a target percent of 2%. Now, currently, we're at 6 Now, this is based on the increases, by the way. That's not a 6% interest rate. Prior to all these increases, we were at like a 4-point-something percent, okay? So it's gone up 6% since this whole situation happened. They, only, they want to bring it down a total of 4 If you followed me with those numbers... They want to bring it down 4%. Imagine, imagine if 75 basis points twice or three times, sorry, I did that twice, three times only kept inflation stagnant. Imagine what it has to go up to to actually bring the, the rates down 4%. It's not going to be high enough. So you take that happening with higher rates and then you add unemployment to it, you're adding insult to injury to an already broken economy. Think about that, guys. Now, what did I say at the beginning? The Fed is turning around and talking about 
the recession is going to get hard and it's gonna be a, a, a bumpy landing. After everything that we just talked about, are we in a recession? Are we gonna be in a recession? No, we're in one now, we have been. The depression is on the steps of our doorfront, a depression. What can you see in the market at that time? Well, you're either gonna, I, I personally feel that we're gonna see the US dollar and all the stocks completely tank together. Usually they go opposite where sometimes they can work together based on certain news topics. But you're going to see, in my opinion, a massive, massive drop. Two and a half years ago, I was claiming that, that the US dollar was gonna drop down to 76.6 or 76.7, somewhere around there. We're currently at like 10, what is it, 108, I think. Um, one second, I'm actually on the markets right now. DXY, sorry, 103, 103.6. We still have a long way to go down, but we could go as high as 120. Now, if we have supply and demand still in effect, if they continue to do this shit that they've been doing, pardon my French, but if they continue to play these games and completely, you know, go slow with the situation, we could see 120%, meaning our pockets are going to be hurting for a long time, a long time. But if they break it and let all of this stuff break and crash at the same time to rebuild it, it's going to hurt. But it's like the Band-Aid. You can heal a lot quicker in the recovery process. So referring back to the last time we were in a situation ever, ever, anywhere near this, I want you guys to consider what's going on outside of this country in the assembly. Okay. The war is going to be the cure for whatever happens. The regulations will be put in place to control these things as far as crypto goes, as far as lending goes, as far as valuations go. We're going to start seeing rules. They're going to be tightened. And you know what? Congratulations to those that were able to take advantage of the situation at the very beginning. But this is just a cycle. It, it, these things have to happen, right? You think these guys are dumb enough to sit here and say, oh, well, we're just going to give out all this money with no plan. No, they have a plan. Every one of them has a plan. My question, though, is which person in office is going to take the brunt of this problem and actually fix it? When you're at the polls in 2024, voting. Keep that in mind, right? Now, I also want you guys to keep in mind other emotional situations that are going on. Um, I saw an article about this earlier today. That's kind of why I'm bringing this up on the fly. Um, it's being considered, I know in San Francisco, I've seen it for a while, but it's considered to, there's, there's a consideration of passing a bill that will pay reparations to African-Americans. Do I have a problem with that? No, no, I don't. Because there's so much injustice going on within this nation inside of our borders here that yeah, I don't have a problem with that. 
I, as a Caucasian individual, I, I sit on a, I sit on a, uh, on a situation every single day where I can walk outside and I would never know what it's like to be an African-American in the situations that people go through every single day and the injustices. So am I all for that? Absolutely. But let me, let me play devil's advocate here for a second. I am a third generation Maltese Italian. So yeah, I'm Caucasian, but I'm Maltese Italian. My great grandparents, they migrated here from Malta through Ellis Island. Now, when was that? In the early 1900s. So when we talk about fairness, so to say, the lineage that I have personally that goes through my, my history and my ancestry didn't have anything to do with any slavery situation that was going on here in America, down south, et cetera. So I would ask, would you think that it's right that I myself have a position to take responsibility for that that's forced upon me in regards to that situation? Because guess what's gonna happen? Like I said, nothing's for free. So as this gets to a bigger situation, guess what's going to happen? There's more money given out. So guess what's going to happen? It's going to fall back on everybody else. Now, is this really a situation that is out there to cause division? Absolutely. Everything is out there to cause division. I want people to understand that. For the most part, everything out here is causing division. Race, economic status, um, religion, you name it, they're breaking us down more and more and more. The smaller groups that we can be in, the better for them because we can divide and conquer. I was reading the Twitter feed on that topic of the reparations and it was fairly disgusting. Fairly disgusting. Some people had views on it that could be validated but i mean it's almost like social media these days is just people running amok and being stupid and you can see the division within everybody so ask yourself these situations as well whenever you see them on tv on the news on cnn on fox whoever you pay attention to is this being brought to us to divide us even more. If you can say yes to that situation and be honest with yourself and ask yourself, why would I support or not support whatever topic that is being used as a division tool? It doesn't have to be anything that I, we just talked about. It could be something else. It could be the masks. If you're a pro-mask individual, right? If you're pro-choice over pro-life, right? All these topics are tools to hurt us when really we need to come together a lot more and in a stronger way. We need to stop taking things so personally and just start understanding that people have their own belief systems. You don't have to agree with it, 
you don't have to like it. But guess what? We should all be able to have those those opportunities. So the reason why I bring these things up here towards the end is because of the fact that we're in a very, very tough time. I've said it, I said it earlier, I said it in the middle, and I'm saying it again. We're in a very tough time, although people live their days as if nothing is going on. The only other way that we can be cured, and I wouldn't even say cure, but if we can find relief in what's happening right now, is another pandemic. If you look, look at tech stocks, tech stocks had a massive dive over the past year. Tech stocks have lost over 50% of their COVID, their COVID boost. They've lost over 50% of it. Why? Because of the fact that Zoom, I know we're doing this on Zoom right now, but Zoom usage has dropped immensely. Microsoft, Microsoft Teams dropped immensely. A lot of non-contact or contactless tech options are not being used anymore. So if we're going into a digital age and the NASDAQ stock market needs to be saved, keep your eyes open. And Zay and I were talking about this uh, as well. I said this because I, I, I personally feel that this happens again, which I'm expecting it to, another one of these situations. We're going to have another form of division when it comes to people saying, oh, people need to get vaccinated sooner. Or it's just going to be, oh, it's the unvaccinated that caused this to happen. I, I wouldn't doubt that that's the narrative that they're going to use. It's, it's un, unvaccinated individual started with a mutated cell of COVID-19 and it turns into this. I can see the writing on the wall right now. So ask yourself if we're in the situation again how serious was the first one i'm not saying covid isn't real but covid was definitely used as a tool to do whatever happened to lead us into very what's going to to the very minute and what's going on right here right now in this conversation that we're having covid led to this and all it would do, and why I say it's not a cure if it happens again, it's just a big, massive Band-Aid to get relief. Although if it ever happens again, it's going to be a more rough landing than what we're having now because I don't think any of the financial systems can take what happened again. When you hit reset on your video game system, what happens? You usually lose out where you're at, right? You have to start all over. Do you think a country, or let alone seven different continents worth of countries, could ever recover from hitting that reset button twice in a shortened time frame? And when I say shortened time frame, I'm talking about the next two years so five years from the last one because we're on the doorstep but like i said we go by price we don't go by a clock and price is going to take a little bit longer to get down 
as far as what I'm seeing on everything that's not U.S. dollar wise, it needs to come down for at least the next 12 to 14 months, probably. My biggest opportunity for people to get rich, because I know some people are like, well, how do we get rich off this? Mike, shut the hell up. Tell me how I can make money off of this. I'm going to tell you, silver. Silver. When I was going over gold a little while ago and I said silver was going to be a backup investment, the price I'm looking for is 1376. It's in, you guys can check this out. It's a weekly channel. It's a bearish weekly channel that needs to hit 1376, which is a strong, strong support over the past few years. And not just that, but that pattern that's being made is a massive, massive double bottom. Meaning, silver is about to skyrocket. And at 1376, you can buy 100 coins, 101 ounce silver coins for less than what it costs for one ounce of gold right now when that happens. So instead of doubling your money, if you bought an ounce of gold, you can multiply your money by 100 if you bought silver. I'm telling you, silver is going to be the biggest thing to buy. It's right there. Gold's too expensive. With the electric initiatives, who knows what's going to ever happen to oil. Although Biden literally just approved for Alaska to start drilling. There's a project that was just passed in Alaska for oil. Ask yourself, if he's doing all these initiatives for clean energy and he shut off the Keystone Pipeline back in, what was it, July of 21, I want to say, when gas really started going up, <laughs> yeah, why would he open up a new project for oil if he's trying to stop it? Somebody's got some dirty hands here. All these guys have dirty hands. Just make sure that with the, the, the hands that you're going to shake, that you get as less dirt on your hands as possible. So I hope this information was helpful for you guys. I hope that it opens some eyes, right? There's a lot of things that I've talked about here that I have said in the past that have been topics, right? We did talk about the SVB situation and I want people to understand that yes, this could be a trickle effect, but it's gonna be a trickle effect for small guys. The big guys are gonna be just fine, okay? Just be careful with where your money's at and what you're doing with it. If this has opened your eyes to a possibility of other situations, let us know. If you disagree with what I've said, let us know. The topics and the discussion need to happen to further progress, but we need to have these conversations with as little arrogance as possible. What I've said here is directly from me, my mind, my opinions, and what I see on the charts. Some of you may have a different opinion than me, which is fine. I respect everybody's opinion. I just want my opinion to be received as the possibility of, could it be? Because what's been going on hasn't fully worked. So we've got to think outside the box here, guys. They're dumbing us down. They're dumbing us down so much that they're repeating the same situations again and again, expecting us not to get it. 
That's insulting. So I thank you guys. I appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to what this could possibly do, you know, as far as creating the communication, creating the conversation, creating feedback, debates, et cetera. I'm, I'm with it. Let's open these doors. Let's close the bullshit. And let's start prospering. That's what ITU is here for. So I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Have a great week. And I'll catch you guys on the flip side.